We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to the NFL Pick 6 Show, week 15, officially at the quarter pole. Usual suspects here with Rich Rebar of Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle from NBC Sports, and a good football show podcast. Oh, man. it's uh, I'm trying to sound as energetic as possible <laughs> for week 15. Uh, John, you're here for the, the initial conversation, talking pre-show as far as uh, taking a peek at this week. But, I mean, you know, first telltale sign that it, it might be a rough week. And, you know, it, Detroit, the Lions are the – they are in the game that is the highest total on the board. The number is 47 and a half. We got to make some chicken salad this week. Cause it's kind of my assumption because I mean, things are going to open up Wednesday night, obviously, but as of right now, the state of week, uh, week 15. And I know you, I don't know. Did you want to touch on Saturday night? We both just kind of not wave talking about Cleveland and Vegas Patriots. It's <laughs> fun, but the two games slate there, but if you have any thoughts there, by all means, feel free to share them, but what's up, John. And tell me, get me excited about week 15. We were also talking about our favorite movies pre-show. And I will just quickly say that the good take, my favorite movies are, you know, the cliche ones, Goodfellas and A Good Will Hunting. Uh, my favorite bad movies, because that's what everyone wants to know, is Pirates of the Caribbean. May not even be bad, actually. The first one's actually really good. And then also, I have watched a significant amount. Don't ask why. I've watched the Adam Sandler Longest Yard remake a <laughs> number of times. And let me tell you, that movie's awesome. It is fun as hell. Uh, having said that, on the Saturday slate, I don't know if y'all wanted to actually touch on that really quick. Um, it's interestingly bad. 
I guess kind of like <laughs> the rest of the slate, but at least we know where everyone wants to go. Um, it does feature a player you can't fade in Jonathan Taylor. And even in like negative, and even in game scripts the past month for Jonathan Taylor, not being ones that they would take him off the field anyways for Naheem Hines, uh, just the player with that type of ceiling and two game slate overweight and you just hopefully see like 95 percent rather than 99 percent rostered tournaments and play them overall but really just one where even the raiders like mentally you would think everyone just goes to the raiders like josh jacobs or Derek carr thinking like okay well i'll just play the raiders since the browns are depleting and going to lose this game but like there's nothing to suggest the browns will still lose this game against the raiders since they've been just as bad in their last six games only scoring 16 points and or fewer in five of their last six. And Derek Carr also averaging less than eight yards per attempt and five of their last six out of their bye as well. So overall, I think we have some good game theory for Saturday, at least. The, the actual football being played, that's going to be another story. Yeah, I think Rich said he was talking about potentially going to see the, uh, the new Spider-Man movie instead of watching. And he's a Cleveland, yeah. well, I don't know if you're a Cleveland Brown fan, but you're in the, no. you're in the vicinity of. Maybe you'll watch the, the tape and, you know, you'll grind that after the game, but. Yeah, am I wrong to say, Rich? Am I wrong to say that it's not a big downgrade, Chris Case Keenum from uh from Baker Mayfield? I just don't think Mayfield Mayfield's very good. And uh, did, did the line move much when that came out? I'm not even sure. No, they've already beaten a better team than the Raiders with Case Keenum. I mean, granted, okay. he had Jarvis Landry and a healthy offensive line. You know, they're gonna be missing three offensive linemen too, which is kind of a big deal. But uh, they could still beat the Raiders. Like it's gonna be ugly, but they could still do it. I mean, Miles Garrett's not hurt or it's in the game. That's all that matters. It, it could yeah. very well be Mitchell Horst all week. That's what we've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell Horstall? M- Miller, Miller, Miller Forrestall? Is that what, that's oh, Miller. Miller Forrestall. That's it, yeah. We talked Shout about it last, last week, right? Week. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't the week. This actually could be the week. This is the Miller Forrestall <laughs> flat flag week? Is that yeah. what we're saying? Yeah. Foster Morell will have two touchdowns for someone on Saturday. <laughs> If, if you would have to use a movie title, Rich, to describe that two-game slate, I think it's The Longest Yard, the remake for Adam Sandler. Is that a reasonable? <laughs> yep, we keep, keep tying it in. We can't just let that slide. Right? You can't just throw out there that The Longest Yard, but, well, I saw I, it once. And it has, it has Goldberg and Stone Cold. It's amazing. Watch it. You will laugh. It's good. Fair enough. Have you seen that movie, Rich, or no? Yeah, of course. That's fine. And I think it's 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 enjoyable for the what it's it aspired to be. What is it's going to be better than the Sean Payton movie? Yes. <laughs> who demanded that? <laughs> I mean, who who demanded uh, Taylor Lautner as like a coach? Everyone's mad at Kevin James. I'm mad at Taylor Lautner as like a high school coach. Who who demanded <laughs> the plot? Who demanded that storyline? Like, why does that need to be a movie? Well, I always wonder what Sean Payton did that one year he was suspended. So thank there you, you Netflix. <laughs> I think NFL actually paid for it too, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they, they actually produced the movie. I will hey, say it looks it, it looks like it had a higher budget than this Kurt Warner movie, though. The Kurt Warner movie <laughs> looks so bad. It looks like a Hallmark movie. It looks like a Hallmark. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I'm like, what is, is this going to be on Hallmark? Is, is, is they going to somehow tie in like a Christmas, like you know, one of those Hallmark loves their Christmas movies, but. It's actually it's a football movie, I think. Yeah, it's got a real uh, cast. They definitely had a, a casting budget, but man, it, the way it's shot, it looks looks very TV-ish. It looks rough. Uh, <laughs> if, if we're gonna, that would be the movie to describe the main slate, I think. Whatever the name of that, uh, I don't even remember the name of the the, uh, the movie is called, starring with the Kurt Warner movie. But uh, yeah, that's what we do here. Obviously, you focus on the main slate. 
Unfortunately, a lot of the fun teams are not on the main slate. No Chargers, off to a no good KC, start. No, no, no Tampa, uh, no Minnesota, no Jefferson. Uh, and as we kind of already said already, the 11-game main slate, the biggest total on the board, Arizona at Detroit, 47 and a half. Uh, lots mm. of news, of course. Uh, follow the news flow this week. We're doing this on a Wednesday night. Things will change for sure. We're going to do our best to set the table as far as uh, what we're looking at. John, do you want to give like an overall, uh, before we kind of break it down, of course, we do our three games, three main games, and then we run it back and talk about all the players we like position by position that are not in those three main games. But do you have any general thoughts as far as this slate, at least as of a Wednesday night? Well, you know where everyone wants to spend up at quarterback, at least with Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. I do like a couple of the quarterbacks we're going to talk about, even in spending down. They also didn't give us a cheapie that's going to go under the radar. Even Gardner Minshew and Tyler Huntley, if we get them, are 52 and 5,400 on DraftKings. Whereas on FanDuel, I don't think you need to go down that range. We talk about that all the time. Whereas, you know, saving 2K on DraftKings goes so much further than it does, especially at quarterback and tight end on FanDuel. Saving that 2K, you can easily make it up elsewhere on FanDuel. Uh, also like running backs, just like last week, we're sort of waiting for our cheap guy and we've seen a cheap guy always pop up on Friday. Um, we, we do a good job of laying the land on Wednesday, but by Friday, that's when everyone's injured or on the COVID list. And then suddenly this 4k guy to nowhere, uh, becomes the player. Like last week, I think it was Jeff Wilson on FanDuel, but you could have easily pivoted, pivoted to Rashad Penny or elsewhere. And so, yeah, uh, I just think it's, it's an interesting slate, especially because just Kyler Murray and Josh Allen getting all the ownership and conversation right now. That, yeah, that news Allen. last week was such a blessing that people wanted to play Jeff Wilson again to just <laughs> run that back. Cause I played 0% Jeff Wilson and I won a bunch of money. Well, I played a little bit. So I played too much, whatever it was, it was too much Jeff Wilson. And I knew, I knew it was <laughs> terrible chalk. Like I'm staring at it. I'm like, he's not going to catch any passes. Maybe he'll fall in the end zone, but probably Gibo just savings his run. And that's, uh, that's, he was like 30, 35% and like in in stuff. Like it was crazy. It blew my mind, but Uh, here we are on, on DraftKings. I will say, and I didn't play him on DraftKings. Um, the game has become really like asking yourself, not even about micros analysis. It's like, what if I play this guy because the savings he allows me to have gets me somewhere else. It's like even playing Jeff Wilson on DraftKings, you could have won because that savings was so crucial. But on FanDuel, when he was 4,900 and expected to be 40 plus percent rostered, that's why like Rashad Penny was a good play. It was just like, I'd rather lose with 3% Penny than I would 40% Jeff Wilson. And that's the only reason I got there. Just because, Well, one, because Silva basically held me down and said, you better freaking play Rashad Penny. But also because... It was like, well, anything is better than 40% Jeff Wilson. Yeah, uh, I, I played more Wilson on FanDuel just because he was like 4-9, and like he got me everything yeah. on FanDuel, and that's just going to open the world. But that's what everyone else got on the same similar bill. DK, I didn't have to do it. I did it much less over there. By the way, uh, the, the, the other part of that, Dagle, that's worth visiting as far as a slate is, okay, you play somebody that's like a Wilson, whatever. Say you might a little bit more, but the whole thought process is, I'm playing this player not because I love them necessarily, but because I love everything it gets me, everything it opens up. Well, that's the that's the quandary of this slate is like, what is it opening up? You want to get Cooper Cup. Okay. Who else do you feel like you absolutely have to have? I'm waiting. Yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, you're absolutely yeah. right. We're going to talk about a couple of these receivers because even going up, it's pretty much Devontae Adams, Devon Diggs at the top. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, spending up, like, isn't Zeke the most expensive running back? Am I, am I going crazy there? Um, Najee probably. Oh, yeah, it is Najee and then Zeke. And you can make a case against both of those guys. Uh, Najee, you know, get the touches. But nonetheless, yeah, you're, you're totally right, Dean. 
Yeah, Zeke yeah. is a big difference, uh, him on FanDuel and DK. I think he's the second highest price on DK. And on FanDuel, he's like 16, six, seven. 15th or 16th. That's, that's like cheap enough to be annoying, too, for me to think about it. I mean, I think at this point, there are people that just outright won't play Zeke. So, of course. Hey. <laughs> what was his quote, though? He said he's ready to go, or I can't remember what he said. Like, he's ready to give it a – he had some kind of positive quote coming into this week once again, but – like, you know, the tape, is, it looks pretty rough out there. Speaking of Najee, by the way, he's got a uh, a projection of almost three points higher than the next running back, for what it's worth. And it's like, you don't feel amazing about Harris. He's fine, sure. But it's I don't, not a good like matchup for him either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing special about it, but just like he's one running back you can yeah. point to, it's going to at least have a ton of volume. volume well, is no, no Jonathan Taylor, no Kamara. I mean, it's where we are. This is the land we live in in week 15. Like you got anything else, Richie, for you? Okay. We talked about spending down and spending up. Like, just wait until everyone starts forcing Duke Johnson in the lineup on Sunday morning. No, it's gonna get. We, it's gonna get. We're not doing that. Oh no. <laughs> we don't know who that's gonna be just yet, as far as the, the Miami Dolphin, whoever the Miami Dolphin running back may or may not be. But oh man, I do not want to. Well, they're playing the Jets in volume, and we'll see how who's standing at that point. Hard to give analysis on that on a Wednesday night. But Rich, you got anything as far as this slate before we dive in and talk about our three featured games? Uh, no. We let's press on here. We'll talk about players yeah. and games. Let's just jump into it. People have heard us ramble about a bunch of nonsense already. <laughs> You're right. The, the chat's getting <laughs> restless for sure. If you guys are watching us on the YouTube, uh, feel free to hit that like button. We yeah, what's the chat got to say about this? I don't know. They're probably <laughs> they're, talking they're about saying the it's longest because yard. Keep rambling. <laughs> Enough with it. Let's go. Uh, do want to thank Jock Market for sponsoring the show. We'll talk about them later on. Featured game number one. The Atlanta Falcons at San Francisco. Uh, San Fran's a nine-point favorite, 46 total. All right, Daigle. Uh, well, I mean, George Kittle, if we have some salary there, there's a place to spend some money, right? He's pretty good. Yeah, George Kittle is uh, apparently very good at football. But this week in particular, you know, I was late on sending the games over. Rich sent the three games over, and he did a good job. I'm, I'm curious why he also picked Jaguars and Texans as the third one. Maybe we'll get into that when we get to the <laughs> positional plays. But I think there could be a wild card for the third game. But this one's really interesting just because, like, we finally saw one Jimmy Garoppolo deliver last week when necessary. And the first half of that game, like, if you see it, it's amazing everyone essentially went over in the back half, even with overtime, because the first half offense was so putrid. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo only 80 yards passing at the half as well. Uh, But in order to even, like, think about playing Garoppolo, then we need a little bit of pushback from our Falcons. And so then you start looking at the Falcons offense. And I'm not saying it's impossible since San Francisco secondary is just completely banged up and been pretty terrible the past month now. But uh, the question is how we get it from Ryan, because Ryan now in his last five games, 190 yards per contest, 6.4 yards per attempt with only two touchdowns and five interceptions in that span. And even those numbers are slightly boosted from garbage time against the Buccaneers. But at least with Ryan, not saying you're going to play him, but in playing the Falcons offense, if you want to skinny stack this, you know where the ball is going to go. The ball only goes two places. It's either Cordero Patterson on early downs now, apparently, and uh, Russell Gage through the air. As even last week, you know, everyone keeps thinking, like, do we play Kyle Pitts or whatever? Even last week, Hayden Hurst comes back, and Kyle Pitts is used like a decoy in the red zone, and it's Hayden Hurst who still gets the end zone target over Kyle Pitts. And so at least if we're trying to get on 49ers players, as everyone is in some form or another, like we know where the ball is going to go for the Falcons if you want to stack this game. Rich? Yeah, I don't – I mean, yeah, if you want to get on the Falcons side, I'm not going to play any Falcons. 
Uh, you know, they're awful. Uh, they've, they've really relegated Coral Patterson to being kind of like, like Daigle said, an early down player. Uh, he's run fewer pass routes than Mike Davis in each of the past three games. Mike Davis is catching more passes than him. I mean, that could oscillate back, but I mean, Patterson's carried a pretty iron price for a while now uh, to pay up for. The 49ers are also really good against the run. It's like the kind of the strength of their defense. No one told Zach Taylor that for two and a half, three and a half quarters. Um, <laughs> but he finally realized that they, when they had the throw, that they could. Um, it's, it really just starts with this offensive line. I mean, at least Atlanta offensive line is just so absolutely, uh, it's just an abomination and they can't pass block. Uh, you know, if it's not for Cam Newton giving them the football a bunch of times, they're going to need Garoppolo to do the same thing. So it's hard. It's hard to really kind of get latched on to any of these guys as runbacks. Um, I don't think any of them are particularly that cheap. Like Russell Gage is probably the most enticing guy to play. Uh, you know, he, he's had what 24% or more of the team targets uh, the past six weeks. Uh, he's had four wide receiver, three or better scoring weeks, but he also has just two touchdowns and he's been kind of priced up a little bit. Uh, so I'm not even super excited to go that route. Um, but yeah, we're going to need some pushback here because we know if you let the 49ers turtle that they're going to turtle. 6K on Fandle for Gage, 5-8 yeah, on Yeah, that's DK. rough, man. And, and the com- you mentioned the offensive line being bad and like, you know, certain quarterbacks can deal with that, but not Matt Ryan. He's just immobile back there. So the combination of those two things, it is a recipe for disaster for sure. And then, yeah, when I saw Atlanta pop up here, I, I mean, I think San Francisco's the orange side of this game, obviously, but I'm, I'm with you. Rich, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm probably going to, well, I don't want to say I'm sure, but I'll probably close my eyes and like cross my fingers and roster, maybe a gauge or, you know, maybe if, you know, we saw Mike Davis have, have more snaps last week than Patterson, for whatever reason. I don't really know why Patterson, uh, you know, less than 50% snaps uh, three straight weeks. I mean, what's a lost season anyway. So I guess who cares, but uh, Dago, who's your favorite run back on the Atlanta side? I think it will be Russell Gage. Uh, yep. The salary has increased. I would like to see, like, keep on following the news with basically every, any player, but more importantly, Cordero Patterson, because even in the fourth quarter, like you said, he didn't play at all. And then the uh, media asked him, Arthur Smith, afterwards, like, why? And he just said the same uh, false, fraudulent coach speak that anyone would just in that. We just like to rotate our guys. That's it. Also, Patterson, like Reeves mentioned, uh, 65 snaps as a running back to 32 as a wide receiver the last three games since he returned from injury, averaging 15 carries and just four targets in that span. He has touched the ball on 54% of his snaps since returning from injury, but it's more carries than anything. And so he's no longer returning that ceiling production outside of three touchdowns he scored in that span. But, you know, like someone else in this game on the other side of the ball, the moment he starts scoring touch, stops scoring touchdowns, then the floor is pretty scary for Patterson, especially because he's not getting targets now. Is that Debo? That is absolutely James Conner, Debo Samuel. Yes. We don't expect uh, his touchdown rate to continue going forward like this. It's not the, you know, just completely wonky variants. I mean, maybe he's, he's very good at what he does, but to average a a touchdown for every seventh carry, like that seems kind of crazy. And the moment he doesn't score a touchdown, he's only seen seven targets the last three games. So uh, we're talking about a disastrous floor and it's not like DraftKings or FanDuel are budging on his salary. Like he's still hanging up there as a second or third wide receiver on each slate. And so, you know, maybe this one you ask, where do I pay up at? I'm not, I'm not totally opposed to it, honestly, if you want to get up there. Um, but yeah, just know, of course, the moment he doesn't score a touchdown, like it's not, it's not pretty. Like it's almost like guaranteed to lose just for how much you have to allocate towards him on both sides. Yeah, Rich, what do you do with Debo? Because yeah, the floor is rough, but the ceiling is high too, because he's like, he's good at the game. If you wanted to say that, like he's highly skilled and you know, he can run a couple in, he can catch a couple in theory, although yeah, one target last week, 
Kittle took them all, apparently. Uh, four and three and five before that. Uh, not a lot of volume. San Francisco is a team that kind of likes to run the ball anyway. They're probably going to be running the ball here against Atlanta in theory because they should be ahead. Now, maybe it's Sam will run the ball to some degree. But it's not like uh, the cost per target is, is extraordinary. 8.2K on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Of course, he's in your tournament pool. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not optimal, I don't think, at least if the volume continues the way it has been the last few weeks. I've been trying to wrap my head around if it if it could flip back and what's going on here. Because, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell did miss two of the three games that, like, he hasn't seen any targets, and he's been playing a little more running back. Then they kind of had all three guys against the Vikings, but he's still running a ton of pass routes. It's like not like he's not on the field and passing downs. Like the targets just aren't finding him. So, it, I mean, it would seem like it would be optimal for them to get him targets eventually. So it's like one of those things too. Like I don't want to overplay it either, but you say at that salary, you're kind of forced, your hand is forced to, to really kind of need those targets and need that kind of upside. Cause right now he's more of a floor play. And then he even has a low floor because he's not getting any targets. Uh, yeah, are they going to be pressed enough to do it? I will say there's, there's probably no coincidence that the game he missed is the worst the offense has looked over the past six weeks. Uh, so, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan has to realize that as well. But it, it's one of those things, like, how do you figure out where it goes? The problem with the 49ers is they have all these good pieces, and they're never all good together. So yeah. we got to try to figure out, because even if so, so, so say Samuel bounces back and has an eight-target game, that just means that probably Kittle had a four-target game or Ayuk had, like, a three-target game. Like, that's how this offense operates. Like, they're never all good at once because it's inherently low volume. Uh, and, and here they're going to need pushback to get value. So it's really hard to kind of grasp at those prices and say, like, okay, yeah, I do want to play the other side of this. What if he is used as a receiver this week? Well, you have, you're not buying in at that, right? Like, you're paying top dollar for that. So it's just really, really tough. And um, it's something that none of us really have, you know, kind of clear, clairvoyancy on. On a, uh, on a Wednesday night, how much prioritizing would you have for Kittle, say, in your FanDuel lineup? We're looking at what, uh, amongst all the other tight ends, he's at least a point and a half higher, give or take. Uh, as far as projection, of course, he's pretty expensive, pretty pricey. FanDuel tends to be a little bit looser with their salaries, and, you know, stuff's probably going to open up as well. Uh, is he somebody you're prioritizing to get in as one of your big spends this week? It depends. Uh, you know, I haven't really done like a ton of roster construction because we're waiting to see what opens up and, and what the slate is. I mean, running back position, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do there. I would say right now he's not someone I'm going to overly force in, but we'll check out ownership. I mean, I liked him a lot at his price the last two weeks, and now that he's almost 8K, uh, it's a little tougher. Yeah, I'm taking a peek at the ownership. We have ownership on a Wednesday night, but I don't know how useful that is. And, of course, you guys are watching on YouTube. Uh, you can see it on the screen as well. Like currently it's at 14%, but I have no idea. Like that's going to hold up, you know, four days from now. If, on if FanDuel, he was a wide receiver. Yeah. On FanDuel, I imagine Zach Ertz is going to be really popular. Uh, hmm. According to our ownership, again, Wednesday night, uh, Goddard 17%, Pitts 15 Ertz 14 Kittle 13 Yeah, uh, I imagine Schultz. Kittle's going to be the guy that gets, or uh, Ertz is going to get a bunch of steam at his price. Uh, especially since how he's been targeted without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Uh, he's kind of like going to be the pay down guy. I think, I think on DraftKings, he's actually more expensive than he is on FanDuel. Yeah. And Hopkins, of course, the loss for the regular season, that news broke today as well. If, uh, if Kittle was a wide receiver, he'd be like wide receiver six or seven. Uh, if I'm doing this math correctly uh, on the FanDuel board. The uh, problem is you still have to pay for okay. three receivers though. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, which is definitely worth pointing out. Um, 
I, I'm curious. For, I, I want to talk. You know, you did that Houston game on there. I don't know if that was just for funsies, or you want to talk about Houston and Jacksonville just for to, to inflict pain on us. But uh, maybe, maybe we'll kind of squeeze that one in here. Well, you got anything else this, as far as this gamer? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I was just gonna say. So we guys talk about the slate top down. I mean, this slate does not have a lot of games where you expect like a lot of counter punching, right? Like, there's no. not a lot of tight, a lot of tight point spreads. So, like, that's just one that has one and has a bunch of cheap pieces that might unlock all the guys. But what if you want to play Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams together? You're gonna need to yeah. do. You're gonna you're gonna need some money to do that. Uh, but you look at like Buffalo one sided, Arizona, Detroit one sided, Miami, the Jets is one sided. Uh, the, the next game we're going to talk about one sided. Uh, it's 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 really hard to find these games that are back and forth. The other tight games are like Cincinnati, Denver. And, you know, that that probably do we believe that can get there. Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of gray areas here. So it's just kind of a we're trying to feel our way through the slate. Uh, there's nothing wrong with getting a little weird in week 15. What is a Jacksonville counterpunch? Like a 10 play, you know, eight minute drive for a field goal on the eight yard line? It's kicking that... your kicker, kicking your place. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it turns out terrible person, terrible, uh, terrible. That's what uh, I, I do those. I do those Q&A, a Q&A on Tuesday. And if I got questions about James Robinson, I was like, well, on one hand, I like, I know you're complaining about six carries, but it was six of seven carries. Like uh, he handled the majority <laughs> of the workload. You know what you're getting into when you play Jaguars guys. Like I can't help you out that much. My, uh, my favorite thing watching your video, John, is like explaining you every single week. You're like, look, it's a Tuesday night. I can't answer. I just, I have to have this hard and set rule. I'm not answering no, start sick questions on Tuesday night. It's just not happening. Oh, abso- just absolutely ask. busted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it always it's tilts you because somebody always asks you and somebody else always asks you. It's amazing more people don't like actually comment and being like, this guy's just angry. It's uh, I try to keep the smile on and be passive, but yeah, a lot of people ask like start sits and I'm like, just imagine asking start sits on a Tuesday this year, like any time this year, um, you know, you might as well just like walk into the ocean. There's just, I can't help you out. I can't help you out. Robinson is kind of interesting on DK at 5.4 K. Like he gets some volume. And like you said, like he did get what 85% of the, if I'm doing math correctly, six of seven, as far as the, the running back carries. Uh, and like, I, and again, we're waiting for that cheap guy. But like last week I texted Rich on Friday. Cause I was like, well, you know, God would have uh, Rashad Penny, <laughs> a couple others. Like we got uh, a Ty Johnson. Um, we got all the cheap guys, but then we didn't want to play the cheap guy. So it could be a situation like that as well, where the cheap guys are just easily fadeable and we don't need to think twice about them. And then if that's the case, we go back to this range, 52 to 5,400 on DraftKings in particular. And yeah, then um, Robinson does absolutely stand out among those options, especially because, you know, every, everyone's going to probably get to Penny priced up a little bit, but not priced up too much. Um, that's kind of why I think the Seattle passing attack is an interesting conversation. That is a good segue for, you know, mentioned the Seattle passing attack. You mentioned, mentioned Penny, who is the exact same price as Robinson. Their second game, they're featuring Seattle at the Rams, four and a half. The Rams are favored by 45 and a half as far as the total. And all right, John, uh, tell me the Rashad Penny is real. I assume Peterson's gone or he doesn't matter. I mean, I can't imagine he matters anymore, right? No, I mean, uh, they said he might practice this week in return. So we don't know. Now, do they, because remember, this is what teams do in 2021. They waive them on Monday. They go back to their practice squad. And then they recall them at the end of the week to play. So Peterson's still technically on the practice squad. Uh, we don't know if he's going to call backed up since everyone Alex Collins included is healthy. Uh, when Peterson was healthy last it was that game that Alex Collins was ruled out. So we just have to see. And even then, like Penny, 
it, it's an it's anomaly numbers. Not to say they can't continue, but like that was the time to catch them. Not only because everyone game yeah. theory wise was honing in around Jeff Wilson, but also like without Peterson in a great spot against the Texans. That's why we played them. But now against the Rams, also maybe Peterson fresh off of career highs and snaps 57% of per penny and carry 16. Um, it does seem like a situation where I'm more comfortable fading. And if that's the case, I do think Seattle's interesting. Uh, Russell Wilson now 29% uncatchable pass rate or top 10 in the league in his first three games when he returned, right? Remember that's when we were dealing with that finger and we just complained because the offense was so bad. But you compare that to just 15% of catchable rate, which is top 10 in the league um, accuracy-wise in his last two games. Now, whether that's because he's been healthier or because he played injured 49ers D and the Texans in that span is to be determined. And he didn't eclipse 250 yards passing in these three games against the Rams last year, including that Cam Akers breakout in the wild card round. But also remember, like he played the Rams all three times in the second half of the season when Seattle's offense was already trajecting down. And Pete Carroll even said at that time that he was worried about Russell Wilson taking too many quarterback hits. Thus, they went to more run heavy like Carroll loves. Uh, There was even a stretch there in November and December where Russ actually did lead the league in quarterback hits in that category. So overall, um, now being more accurate, now a good matchup. If we get some juice in, I do think it's a it's a good spot where perhaps, especially given the Rams' 13 players on the COVID list, including uh, two in their secondary, two important pieces in their starting cornerbacks room, um, it is a situation where I still don't think many people are going to play Russ with the receivers, and it's it's interesting spot. Rich, what do you like as far as the Seattle offense? If people are chasing this penny, I mean, yeah, he, he had a couple big runs, at least one big run for 50 yards. I'm not sure it was two big runs, but. Obviously, the, both t- the touchdowns were 32 yards and 47 yards. That doesn't feel repeatable. Like it can't happen again, but it seems unlikely. I don't know. Well, it was also against the the number one, uh, the word number one, the number 32 defense and explosive <laughs> run, you know, r- rushing yardage allowed. So there's some symmetry into how we got there. Uh, you know, career highs across the board, snap rate carries, uh, rushing yardage. Uh, I, I hope that like he just doesn't flatline because uh, I picked him up in some leagues and he plays the Bears and the Lions the next two weeks after this, and I hope he just still gets an opportunity. But this is a, a pretty rough spot to want to chase his game. Rams are allowing 3.7 yards per carry to running backs. Remember on Monday night, James Conner only ran for 31 yards. He, like, he had the two tuds. Uh, so that's what you're going to need here. You're going to need him to fall into the end zone. They only allowed three running backs to rush for 70 or more yards this season. So it's, it's a tough spot for the Seattle offensive line versus this Rams front. I don't really see the, the inroads. We just hope that he, I hope from a season long stance, he just doesn't brick his opportunity and at least can just be functional. Uh, but he's probably someone I'm not even really entertaining right now at this time of the week, to go back to like Dangle said, I'm more interested in the passing game pieces because we don't know if Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to play. He was placed in the COVID list on Monday. We don't know if he's vaccinated or not, uh, if he'll be off. Um, and then we have this kind of, you know, looming thing with uh, DK Metcalf. Daigle was talking about uh, Russ's uncatchable ball rate. I think all those targets are to DK Metcalf. I mean, he <laughs> should have had another monster game on Sunday. I mean, he has eight or more targets in four of his past five games. And in transitive property, when you count eight targets for Seattle, that's like 15 targets in another offense. Um, but he had a touchdown called back. He had a double move where he beat the cornerback and drew a holding penalty, but the, was still overthrown for a touchdown. He had like basically a walk-in slant for a touchdown and Russ sailed it. I mean, they were trying to get him in the end zone and um, you can tell he's like pissed off about it too. Cause when he scored the touchdown, I got called back. He just handed the ball to the ref before he even saw a penalty. Like 
Like, you're like, hey, it's about time I got here. It's the longest scoring drought of his career. He has scored two touchdowns in each of the past two times these teams have played, even with Ramsey on the field. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, he, he's just missing these huge games. And then the problem with trying to play Russ, though, is the old conundrum of who, which guy do you pick, right? And do you get it right? Sure. Because these guys never go off together. Uh, they've had, they've had twice in their careers if they had 100 yard games together. So like you can't even run the double stack. You have to get it right with Russ uh, in this scenario. And I don't think we're at a point with Metcalf where everyone's tired of playing him yet. Like, like Robbie Anderson, where everyone just wanted to be sharp and be on the boats. I think everyone still like wants to be right on DK Metcalf. So I can definitely see him getting steamed heavily by Sunday morning. He's six, two on DK. That's a really good mm-hmm. price. That's a six, great eight price. on Fandle. 21 on Yahoo is a really good price too. Like people are going to play him. Uh, they're going to yeah, be playing. Well, and like, He's yeah, well, it's different. Too. It's different than we're like when we're chasing Mike Williams or even T. Higgins, who I believe is a very good player, and Robbie Anderson. Though, because there's like a huge contingency of people, of people are just like that guy sucks. Like, who cares? That's why he's not getting yeah. there. Like, you know, that's why he's not getting there. He's bad at football. I think the the majority of the consensus believe DK Metcalf is a good player and is capable of having these you know twenty to thirty point spike weeks, and that's why they're willing to kind of keep going back to the well here. John, you want to give an argument for Lockett? Um, he's been better than DK the past three games. Uh, I mean, no heavy one. Honestly, like I would take the regression as well in DK Metcalf, unless it seems like because of that salary, he will come in over rostered something. I'll definitely be watching on Sunday morning. We've talked about this with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams so often this year with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. It's just a situation where everyone thinks that this one player is the better tournament player. Like DK Metcalf is the better tournament player. And he is until he's not because then everyone realizes he's the better tournament player. And this ownership gets flipped onto Tyler Lockett as the less rostered individual. I do wonder if we'll reach that point, but I can definitely see where everyone will be talking about DK Metcalf on Sunday morning. And this Tyler Lockett's just outright the better player since we're trying to pick between the two. Uh, I do want to play Metcalf admittedly. I would like to choose him, but right now, um, maybe it will be Lockett. Honestly, it's just something I'm going to monitor until Sunday morning. Yeah, I mean, if they yeah. if you end up with like twenty to twenty five percent DK Metcalf and Lockett is ten percent, I mean, that's that's kind of where you want to exploit it. Easy choice, yeah. I would guess. I mean, again, this is really really early, but like seven K on DK for Lockett, that's eight hundred dollar discrepancy. Seven three on Fandel for Lockett. I think it's he's probably going to be like three times less owned, like at least probably something like that. I'm just guessing. That's actually a really it's be the big. Go ahead. That's a good salary. Yeah. I mean, 7k, uh, 800 more than DK on DK. Like that's, that's actually good game theory wise. That makes Lockett really interesting. Yeah. yeah they're a little tighter. They're a little tighter on FanDuel, but uh, still a, a decent gap to get in. But seven, three is, is palatable to play as well over there mm-hmm. because he's built for FanDuel anyways. He's built for FanDuel scoring. Our early projection for lineup HQ right now, as far as Lockett versus Metcalf on FanDuel specifically, uh, 12.15 fantasy points for Lockett, 12.15 fantasy points for Metcalf. So there you go. And what's the ownership? projection like, seems the... like, like, it's a good question. Uh, 20% for Metcalf and 4% for Lockett. Let's there do it. Go. I mean, that's easy. So, so same it. projection and, you know, five times more salary. Exactly. And that's kind of the point we're making right there. And, you know, the numbers and stuff is probably going to change throughout the week, but I think it's going to be a similar sort of gap. Um, Rich, is there any reason why we shouldn't play Cooper Cup? Like, you know, he's pretty good. I mean, 
I mean, he's just gonna be really popular, but he should be, uh, you know, yeah. he's what, I mean, what, what can we say about this season? He's having, he even set a career high with catches last game. And it's just another good spot for him again, because Odell's not going to play in this game, or it seems unlikely that he's going to play in this game. Uh, and then, you know, the last time these teams played, he already had seven catches, 92 yards. And that was in a game where Robert Woods had 12 catches for 150 yards. So, I mean, it's just a good spot for him to just smash. Uh, we just saw Seattle allow eight catches for 98 yards out of the slot to Houston wide receivers last week. Uh, no, no real pushback. But, you know, the question is just, you know, wh- who are we running the double with? Are you going to, we're going to probably play Van Jefferson or, or do you want to go to Tyler Higby? Because uh, they're both there uh, as well in this game. This game was made, I think, to go Stafford, two Rams, and then Lockett or, or Metcalf. Yeah, is is Van going to catch his bomb again this week? I don't know, but if he does, you're going to want him. Uh, but no Odell, so as, yeah, you could. I mean, you could argue that Cooper Cup at nine K is still too cheap, considering like you know he's been great the past few weeks with Beckham still. But remember, like he was a world ender without Beckham. Thirty eight percent target share. Stafford's still averaging thirty six pass attempts per game before Beckham arrived. So like we get now basically ten K Cooper Cup for nine K. So it just seems like a situation where we should mm-hmm. be over the field. It's a bargain, 9K. That's just mm-hmm. way too cheap. DK oh. should be at least 10K over there. Yeah. John, what do you have me as far as the rest of the Rams? Yeah, Tyler Higby would be the only one I would be interested in, just given the fact that everyone's going to come in, like we already talked about on Zach Ertz, or think that Dallas Goddard is a sneaky play with Gardner Minshew. Uh, you just know what you're getting with Tyler Higby. He's got to score a touchdown, and he did score – in between, like he scored weeks five and week 10. But between that, he was literally just a floor player with four catches per game, no touchdowns. So you know what you're getting with Tyler Higby. That's why I think he's a better play with Stafford. And I probably won't be interested in playing him without Stafford just to get the double points. But yeah, um, you know, there's, there's nothing honestly to say otherwise about Ben Jefferson either. Ben Jefferson is going to play every single snap. Otherwise, they have to go to Ben Scourinick, and I don't think we need to to get there just yet to save salary on a Wednesday. Maybe maybe by Sunday, I'll be galaxy braining and putting him in. But right now, I don't think I need to make that argument. I'm sure people ask on your show, what's your take on the backfield, assuming Henderson plays? I would think, I'd like to get your take on it too. I would think it's still Sony Michelle. Since that's the way it was sort of leaning anyhow, um, and yes, Henderson was available two weeks ago strictly as an emergency option, but remember, there was that news nugget on Friday where McVay even mentioned like he actually wanted to start getting Michelle work in as the primary runner anyhow, and so I think the floor, the floor is split touches, whereas the ceiling is Henderson getting, what, two to four carries as Makai Sargent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. I've, I've I don't poured either. over a lot of the quotes, and even at quotes after the Jaguars game, he kept bringing up Daryl Henderson. And then they haven't used Sony in the past game like they used Daryl Henderson. So it's like, are they going to do something with Daryl Henderson like that? Daryl Henderson leads all running backs and end zone targets on the season. Like, they're calling plays for him in the red zone uh, in the passing game. Uh, and they have consistently all season. So, I mean, it's it's tough for me to, like, really get a good pulse. That's why I've just been asking everyone <laughs> what they thought about it. Just trying to uh, aggregate as much information as possible for people that think it's going to play out because I don't really know. They both look like better plays on DK than on Fandle. Michelle is 5'8 on DK. Uh, Fandle – Well, you can't play Henderson, Michelle. right? Like, you just – like, you're, you if you play Henderson, like, you're just guessing. 
Yes. It's yeah. not like well, it's not like Elijah okay. Mitchell coming back, right? Um, and then gets 27 carries. Like we're no, we're not we're not in that situation. Yeah, we don't we genuinely do not know. Yeah, stay tuned on that one for sure. Uh anything else this game that's worth and then he might not play if, if he can't play, then you can still go back to Sony. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You want on five. Yeah, you, you could yeah, you could pay. Yeah, if it's just him for 7K, that's fine. Less he did 7K, he went actually. on the he went on the COVID list, I believe, on Sunday which would still put him, you know, it's not, it's under 10 days. So he still is not like a lock to play either. So if he's out again, you can just keep rolling out Sony. The last of our three games are featuring the Packers at Baltimore. The total is 43 and a half. Baltimore is a four and a half point favorite. Um, I, nothing official just yet, but it looks like Lamar is unlikely to play. They did call up a, but Josh Jackson, um, Josh Johnson, Josh Jackson's a different person. Uh, Josh Johnson, they signed him. So at least the tea leaves are suggesting that uh, maybe Lamar doesn't go. And the line is also suggesting it as well. Green Bay is a four and a half point favorites. Um, All right. So does that completely sputter the the Baltimore offense for you there, Daigle? No, I think Tyler Hundley's still would be interesting, even in his salary. Again, he's going to come in around Garoppolo, um, Gardner Minshew, those other quarterbacks everyone wants to pay down for. But Still in spots for Lamar Jackson, completed 71% of his passes, averaged six and a half carries in those two games. But more importantly, like the target distribution also changed. Like we kind of know where to go. Mark Andrews has 19 targets on Huntley's 85 attempts, leads the team in targets from Huntley. Whereas it changed a little bit this past week now. Uh, This past game, Huntley averaged eight and a half air yards per attempt. But in week 11, when he played against the Bears, I think it was, it was the second lowest in the entire league more of a dump off guy who also runs. That's also explains why his completion rate is so high, but still got involved downfield this game. Nonetheless, the target distribution on those 85 attempts, Marquise Brown has only seen nine targets from Tyler Huntley. Um, whereas Rashad Bateman has seen 14. So second on the team behind Mark Andrews. So I think it just makes interesting who to play in this game. If Huntley's available, because Huntley given the rushing floor is still a, still a pretty great play in this slate. You know, I was trying to see. He's not like 4K, but he was like 5'6", I think, on DK, which, you know. Yeah, something like that. But he, he moves. He can, he can run, which is nice. You know, oh, yeah. you, you love that that upside. Um, we saw last week with uh, Taysom Hill. I'm not saying he's going to remember a 70-yard touchdown or something like that, but the, the upside certainly is there. Uh, Rich, do you have thoughts as far as uh, Huntley? How much is he in play? I've not looked at his Fanduel price, but typically, you know, these guys are more in play. on. DK yeah, he's going to be tough to play over there for the reasons that kind of take a let off uh, within the open. Yeah, I mean, Bateman and Brown had the same amount of targets last week. Remember, Brown didn't play against the Bears. So it was kind of, you know, um, just it was just Bateman and Andrews. Remember, that was the week everyone got caught holding the bag on Bateman. Uh, and he ended up doing nothing, you know, and everyone kind of was like, oh, yeah, we can play him. And then, but th- this offense hasn't been very good either. This is another one of these offenses that you look over the past, you know, seven weeks. It's, it's really rough. Uh, the offensive line is another team. The offensive line has just really prevented so much from happening. Uh, down the field. I mean, you look at Hollywood's a dot, you know, over this, like over the stretch, the past five games, he's lost over five yards for depth of target. And he's got one reception on throw 15 yards or further downfield over the past five weeks. It's really kind of turned into like just leaning on Andrews, uh, you know, it's basically past Travis Kelsey uh, in everything with Kelsey's to back to back down weeks. Um, he leads uh, all tight ends and catches and yards. Now he's fourth in the touchdown receptions. Uh, he's averaging almost 10 targets per game over the past six weeks. So he's kind of the, the guy here. And like, no one ever really plays Mark Andrews really either. 
um, in DFS. Like either people, cause he's always in like that limbo or either pay up for Kelsey or Waller. Then he's priced below those guys or you just pay down. And he's that again, cause Kittle yeah. passed him, you know, Kittle is the highest guy. So you're like, well, I'll just pay up for Kittle. And then, you know, Andrews doesn't really end up getting a lot of smoke, but he's, he's, he deserves it too. And the, is he yeah, having a better like, season than uh, than Kelsey? I feel like he probably is. Well, this stretch, least. he's on a hotter stretch right now. But yeah. all these guys have been kind of have had low points. Because remember, Andrews started the season slow, and yeah, then got and then right. got hot. John, you were going to say? Uh, no, I was going to say, and then Rich mentioned it at the end. I was like, that's also a good reason for Andrews because if everyone's paying up, they're going to they're going to Kittle, and Andrews is just like right there and just as good of a spot. Mm-hmm. What about the Green Bay running game here, uh, Rich? Because, you know, Jones and Dylan basically splitting carries at this point. Um, you know, Dylan is 7.5K. I did not see that price. 7 point, woof, 7.5K for uh, – that's on Fandle. 5.7 on DK. Okay. That's, that's hard to justify on Fandle at 7.5K. Same price yeah. as Jones, which is interesting. Uh, your thoughts as far as the Green Bay backfield? Just pain. Just, just hurts. Eight touches for Aaron Jones. He looked great on the eight touches. They looked really good. Got two touchdowns. But this is also a team like the Ravens. Like they sell out to stop the run. Uh, they they jam they jam the box. Uh, they're number one in the NFL in stuff rate. Uh, it's it's really tough to kind of like want to play a running back, especially in a timeshare against the Ravens. Uh, with how good they've been, uh, I wish uh, I knew what was going on there. It's starting to feel a little bit like the Broncos situation, and yeah. that's not great for us. Like we don't want that, um, but it is, you know, it, that is where we're kind of trending towards. John, you have a lean there. Is it mostly like a stay away? Of course, you can fire in tournaments if you're max entering and all that kind of stuff, but nothing really pops. Is like, yeah, this is a really good play necessarily as far as the math. I wouldn't play Aaron Jones by himself, but I'm definitely not opposed to playing Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers if you want to get there. Uh, Jones still last week, even in having 18 touches to Dylan's 15. Well, one, Dylan only had three touches in the first half. Seems like they used him more like a second-half bruiser, and the game was still one point at that time in the third quarter deficit. And then also, uh, Aaron Jones still had 20 routes to Dylan's 10. We know Jones is more of the pass catcher anyhow. Dylan's not going to be ignored in that facet of the game, but it's still going to be Aaron Jones. And so just the fact that now, like no one wants to play him. And if I get there with Aaron Rodgers, who honestly should just injure his toe more because he's been awesome with the injured toe, uh, 334 yards per game in his last three contests, averaging three and a half touchdowns per game in that span with no interceptions uh, and, and some tough spots too. And so overall, like we know, this is why, you know, we've talked about the, uh, Steelers in the past we talked about Ravens and Browns last week and it's all because the Ravens defense just completely banged up uh leads the league and players on into reserve and thus they've been allowing without Marlon Humphrey now as well they've been allowing uh, league high passes 20 plus yards downfield and so we know we're like Marcus Valdez Scantling we know Devontae Adams like we know where the targets are going to go so that's what yeah. makes Aaron Rodgers stacks like so interesting I could even see myself doing Adams and Aaron Rodgers and then running back with Mark Andrews uh, because I think it's a, it's an interesting stack. Yeah. John, what can you tell us here that we don't already know about the Packers? Obviously Adams, it's a phenomenal play. Uh, the absence of Cobb, we saw Lazar get what 82% of the snaps last week, MBS about two thirds. He's another one of those guys that one play, just one play can justify the roster spot. Also the floor is really, really low. If you catch him on the wrong day, uh, your thoughts as far as the green Bay receivers. Did you, do you mean me or just mean Rich? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I, say, did I not say Rich? <laughs> I apologize. Oh, I, I thought you. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, guy, I, God. I was like, I'll, you... I'll, I was like, I'll, I'll just say everything I just said again. That's fine. <laughs> I, I heard what you said. <laughs> I want to see if there's anything else to add to the conversation. Just kind of, I wanted Rich to be able to chime in if he has something to get those, throw some stats at us. But I, I never really know when it's an MBS week. I don't know when he's going to get loose and catch that 70 yarder. I mean, but this is it. this this would be a spot you would chase it, right? I mean, they, the no team has allowed more passing touchdowns from outside the red zone than the Ravens. We always talk about how they want to blitz, right? They're going to blitz. They're going to blitz like crazy. Uh, we saw the Bears try to blitz Aaron Rodgers last week. That didn't go well. Uh, yeah. I, I think he was 15 to 17 against the blitz in that Sunday night game. <laughs> so, I mean, like they, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been – he's been like last year's Aaron Rodgers the past three weeks. And so has Devontae Adams been like last year Devontae Adams the past three weeks. Uh, over 100 yards in each game. I think this would be a spot to – where you would want to chase, you know, MVS's long play ability. Now it's going to be hit or hit or miss in, in tournaments, but Aaron, Aaron Jones has been so mispriced all year, uh, even at his price on both sites. Like where, what kind of ceiling are you getting for that? Like, is he a guy that you're counting to like, just get you a touchdown or like get you 20 plus points. Whereas MVS at a salary, I can say, if he gets me 15 to 18 points, like I'm going to smash. Uh, you're still paying for Aaron Jones. That's been the problem with him all year. Uh, as his price hasn't changed, he's what had two RB one scoring weeks in the season. It's really rough. Uh, like it's really rough to pay up for that. I'd rather pay a, in my doubles to go with scant ballot scaling or Lazard and go that route with Mark Andrews. Um, just because you're going to save salary there. Pretty much where I'm at as well. Hey, you guys it, mentioned uh, the, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, it makes sense too. Um, even on FanDuel, like we, we know everyone's going to come in on Gabriel Davis and uh, on FanDuel, like Marcus Valdez-Scantling is only 600 more and has a higher ceiling. So, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense to do that. And he still ran more routes than Lazard. Lazard obviously played more snaps because of his run game the, involvement. The target differential, too, like, well, one, Aaron Rodgers missed him, which is can always be the case every week, but he did miss him for a wide-open touchdown. And then also the target differential was only five to seven. Like, that's mm-hmm. not what we've seen in the past, where it's like three and hope you get one. And remember, before the bye, even with Lazard healthy, um, MBS still had a 20% target share, uh, nine targets on the game. So, yeah, like, I, I think he's still an awesome play in this game. Is that it for this game, Ruben? I'm talking about our fair plays, uh, you know, game by game, by game. Uh, fair plays, position by position. I think we're done with this one, right? Sure. Like we got, got yeah. enough out of it. Player and Rodgers. Bef- yeah. Before we, uh, <laughs> before we talk about that, um, let's talk about Jock Market. Jock Market, our sponsor. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Get this. If you do not turn a profit this week, Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out jockmarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com. Again, use the promo code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. John Rich, you guys mentioned season long. Does anybody have any uh, sweats? You guys going to uh, sweat it out this week in the playoffs and who knows who you're going to have available. But uh, John, you got, you got any, uh, you know, anything to sweat out here as far as your season long team? Yeah. The, the team that there's an, there's an article on the draft actually at four for four with Connor Allen and Ryan Noonan, where like it was the time where I was going like coast to coast playing golf. 
and like we were arguing about a live draft via text and Connor basically just took all the text and slapped into an article. That team is actually playing for big money in FFPC. Like we're in the championship rounds this week. So uh, we got to keep winning, but yeah, that one's doing really well. And then um, I'm in another one with my high stakes partner who I went to Vegas with Rahul Batia, where uh, that one won the division last week in FFPC. And then we move on this week. So I got two out of five main event bullets still going strong here. Nice. Congratulations. I got, I'm one of one. I'm in the regular season long team. They, everyone's healthy. Not, not That's, all That's the most important thing. You need your guys still standing, right? Uh, Rich, how about yourself? Zero skill. Yeah, I've got still one main that's still live and then a bunch of season long and dynasty stuff still going. Uh, the, 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 the voluminous amount of fantasy football that I play. All right, let's uh, talk position by position. Our favorite players we've not talked about uh, just yet. Uh, we've mentioned him in passing, Josh Allen, who was seen, he was in a walking boot last game, actually smashed last game. And there was a, a picture I saw on the interwebs where he was apparently, he was at, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Hamilton. Yeah, he Hamilton. was without a walking boot. Yeah. So apparently he was good. He can walk to, to see Hamilton. And that wasn't an issue. So that's a good sign, I suppose. The old internet sluice uh, against Carolina. Kyler Murray against Detroit. Like that one, I don't know how they're, they're going to score a bunch of points one way or another against Detroit in a dome as well, which is nice this time of year. Uh, your thoughts here, Rich? Are those two of the guys that are popping you for you as far as quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to objectively like Kyler. Josh Allen, I don't, I'll probably proceed with caution at this point, you know, especially with him being you know, injured. I believe he's going to play, but I mean, this Carolina team is just so, so, so bad. Oh, I mean, like how I just, it's just gonna be a game where they don't have to do anything and they, they will cause they're the bills. But I mean, I, I think the Carolina team total is like 15 and a half and like, who even knows if they get that, uh, you know, they're, they're actually to the point where like, they're excited to play Sam Darnold again. Like, like that's where, <laughs> that's where we are with it. Is that likely? Carolina. Is that likely Darnold plays this week? Not this week. I doubt he plays this week, but he's going to play again now when it seemed like they were going to be willing to shut him down. They can look at the contract they gave Cam Newton. Like they were literally counting on him being their starting quarterback the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> his contract is absolutely insane when you think of what they've gotten in return. They've now lost 11 contract? straight games. They, they've lost 11 straight games that Cam Newton is a starter. I, I genuinely don't think he's been that bad. Like, I understand he's made some mistakes, but to sign off the streets, I don't think he's been that bad. He wasn't worth benching last week, for instance. And then they got to that point where they just rotated them. Yeah, they benched them twice, right? They yeah, kind of like they were kind of like using them in different situations, and that never. Yeah, worked, they were so. just rotating. Like, <laughs> like we talk about. Uh, I talked about Russ's inaccurate targets earlier. Like PJ Walker's number two in the league. Um, inaccurate targets. He's an XFL quarterback. What do you expect? Uh, but just the fact that, you know, he went to Temple under Matt Rule, thus the cronyism card is played and PJ Walker's out there doing stuff. Um, he's just going to keep playing until Darnold comes back. John, what do you think as far as other quarterbacks? You got two over the Jets and he's cheap. Uh, if you need to save some salary for sure, like the Prescott's got a pretty nice price on DK at 6.5K. Um, just throwing some more into the conversation. Did you have anybody written down on your list as far as your favorite quarterbacks? Yeah, Tua is, Tua is interesting. I wish he was adding more rushing floor. Uh, we also know the Jets with Zach Wilson aren't going to offer any pushback, but the Dolphins still averaged the fifth highest pass play rate in one-score situations since Tua initially returned from injury. And maybe we get a more some bump in volume with less runs if they have no running backs. If it is Duke Johnson and Jared Dokes under center, uh, Duke Johnson is more of a pass-catching back. So maybe it is the fallout is Tua – Waddle and Devontae Parker or Jasicki, whichever way you want to go. So that's kind of the cheapest one for me. Um, 
Minshew's a little bit tougher since, remember last time we saw him, no Jordan Howard. Uh, Miles Sanders banged up as well, even though Miles Sanders did have 27 touches that time. But if we get both Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott now over the flu, most likely, since he didn't receive a touch 14 days ago, like, I, I just, you're going to have to, again, if you play Minshew, bank on efficiency. And yes, like, the Wa- Washington could be missing, like, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat on the COVID list and injured. And now I believe they have 18 players in the COVID list, including a handful of starters on defense. But it still comes down to efficiency for Minshew. So that's kind of why, if you told me to pick one, I'd still go Tua over him. How about some running backs? What do you have for me, John? Uh, you know, we, we mentioned Harris before. Um, you know, he's projected that the most fantasy points as of right now, Barkley division game there versus Dallas. He got there late on a late touchdown, 40 yard catch. Uh, we mentioned Zeke in passing better price on Fandle than it is on DK. Uh, and people just don't want to play Zeke. I mean, he was another guy, like it looked like he was like without, without Pollard last week, but he didn't even get what Clement, what, what, what percent you probably know this. So Clement seemed like he was taking too many carries away from Zeke, at least for my liking when I had probably too much Zeke. Yeah, but the, the, the box score is a little like wonky when you look at it. Like they only put Clement in whenever, because remember the Cowboys were up 24-0 at the half. Like they don't, yeah. the, the front seven now healthy, even Neville Gallimore. Um, I know a lot of people don't know him, but he's their best interior pass rusher. And even he came back healthy. So for the first time all year, they had Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Neville Gallimore. Those guys are literally the monsters in Cowboys jerseys. Like they're elite <laughs> athletes playing pass rusher. There were times last week when uh, they would break up passes like, like 20 yards downfield and Micah Parsons is down there. And you're like, hell is Parsons like going foot to foot with a wide receiver right now. It's because he could do everything. Um, but no, like they're just extremely healthy right now. Uh, but it was because they built that 24 0 lead and then they put Clement in the third quarter and then they proceeded to blow that lead. Uh, a lot of it on Dak Prescott, whether he's playing injured or just in a funk right now, I have no idea, but nonetheless, that kind of takes him off this slate in my opinion, but uh, yeah, that's why Clement was playing. It wasn't for any other reason. Having said that, I rostered Zeke. High stakes, he was 6% last week. And let me tell you, even at 6%, it's not fun to roster him right now. Because, like, the salary is no. not – the salary, I know it came down, like Reeb said earlier, much easier on FanDuel. But even when you do it, you're still, like, watching it, and you're like, goodness gracious. Like, how am I going to get there? Because it doesn't make sense, really, to pay for him. Uh, un- like unless you get the two touchdowns, like that's kind of what you're going for. Even at a salary right now, you could argue it's not enough given that he's just injured and has no explosiveness, even if he gets 20 touches. So that's kind of the argument with Zeke. Um, also watching the Cardinal situation, don't know about James Conner, but if Conner's out, Chase Edmonds comes back, I would gladly play Chase Edmonds against the Lions. Uh, if Chase Edmonds is out, and Connor's in, I would gladly play Connor. If they're both in, I could probably ignore the situation and just play Kyler. We talked about Kyler just a second ago, but remember that two weeks ago when Kyler returned from injury, he was the QB one on the week. He only passed 15 times because he has the rushing equity. So yeah, like I could even see myself going naked Kyler without Hopkins rather than just playing uh, Ertz and going to one of the tight ends we talked about in Andrews and Packer stacks or Higby in Seahawks stacks. And then... I don't know if I'm going to do it. I can't, I can't say I'll get there just yet. But uh, the Steelers have just been ravaged. We saw that against Dalvin Cook. It, went, it goes so far beyond that. Go five, go five weeks back, DeAndre Swift had over 150 yards from scrimmage against them. Um, they've just been pummeled by running backs with zero defense. And Deontay Foreman is going to lead the Titans in carries. Jamie Nichols was only used in garbage time. Uh, and Foreman, although he barely outsnapped Hilliard, we've now seen – even going before the bye, out-touched Hilliard 20-13, to 13, and this past week led the team with 13 carries, Foreman did. So 
Foreman, uh, again, I don't know if I'll get there just yet. I don't think I need to in this slate, but if it comes down to it, he's the option I would choose. Man, rostering Zeke last week, it was like, uh, you ever, you've seen Squid Game. It's like I roster the old man in Squid Game and I'm rooting for this guy to, <laughs> you know, the gif, the meme out there. It's just brutal. Um, and I might be, well, I don't want to be back. I don't want to be back on that. Uh, what do you have to add here, Rich, as far as some running backs? Feel free to add on any, anybody throughout there or some new names you want to throw into the conversation. No, not much. I think that that's it. You're, you're really trying to monitor the Ram situation, the Cardinal situation uh, to see who's going to play. I think people will try to get to Michael Carter at some point if neither of those really kind of illuminate uh, throughout the course of the week. Um, I don't know how excited that I think a lot of people are going to go back to Antonio Gibson, but I tried to, I tried to warn everyone about that fragility of that Washington situation last week. And, you know, you've seen what happened. He's the other reason too. I had no Jeff Olson. I know Antonio Gibson, which already put me like way ahead of the driver's seat. Well, that's why you um, won, right? Yeah, pretty much. So I just didn't have those guys. Um, <laughs> a lot of fragility though. I mean, and you know, we're probably getting going to get McKissick back this week. We'll have to monitor it. We'll see what happens there. There's no guarantee still in that. And then you've got Heineke playing hurt, which obviously isn't ideal for that team uh, on any level. But I think that's what, that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting on this Cardinal situation. Cause if Connor sits and Edmonds comes back, I mean, he's the, the dude. He's 5-1 on DraftKings. I think he's – is he 5-4 on FanDuel? Do they he's run the, him into the ground right out the gate, though? Like, do they take it kind of easy? No, hit? but – oh, he's 6-5 on, on FanDuel, so at least they made him. No, I don't – he's not the type of back they're running, but they've given him a high workload before, and it's going to be a huge game strip game in, in a cherry matchup uh, against the Lions, who are handing out, you know, touchdowns to running backs at the highest rate of anyone outside of the Jets, so – Six five on Fandle, five one on DK for Chase Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the one you want to monitor and just see how that goes. And if somehow Connor and Edmonds don't go, I guess it's Benjamin season. Is that how that's going to go? If that's that situation plays out, I guess. I, 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 mean, I could get. I mean, I could get there. Like it's the Lions. It's just Rashad <laughs> Penny all over again. Like, are you playing the Texans or Lions? Yes. Okay, I will play you for cheap. It sounded like Edmonds was close to playing last week. I had almost yeah. expected him to play last week. And then they did it. They pulled the pulled it out on Monday night. Um, so I would I would assume he's going to play. Just we're just waiting on what they do with Connor. And and you don't need me to tell you. Uh, but Melvin Gordon was DMP on Wednesday, expecting him to play with that hand injury. But you know we'll see. Uh, Javante Williams obviously a free square uh, if Gordon is out. Arizona is one game ahead of the Rams in the standings. I was just thinking to think of how desperate they are for wins. Uh, when they're playing the Lions, like. Uh, yeah, that's another <laughs> point. <laughs> you can play with 10 dudes. Like, you don't need 11. They're going to smoke there. the Lions. Like, I mean, I guess the Lions have been game. They played a lot of games close. But, I mean, they're going to be – I I won't come on this show if the Lions beat the Cardinals next week. <laughs> we want you back. <laughs> go, 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 uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> By the way, it's pouring over here. I apologize if you can hear some uh, noise in the background. That's a bunch of rain going on here. Hopefully, I do not get disconnected here with the interwebs. Um, oh, you mentioned Michael Carter. Don't think this is gospel as far as our super, super early ownership projection, but we have him as 20% ownership on Fandle right now, 5.9K. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not kidding. Like, I looked at, you know, I was looking at everything this morning, and I even said to myself, I was like, Michael Carter's getting steamed. He's absolutely going to be rostered on Sunday morning, and uh, good. Let people play him. I'm glad. He might be one of those guys that, like, is popular on, on you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then when stuff opens up, it gets discarded. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, because he's the guy right now that opens it up. Like, he's the guy opening it up today. But if you can play Sony Michelle, if you can play Chase Edmonds, like, you're going to – people will want to play those guys more. He's a placeholder, basically. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's, he's like really cheap on DraftKings. 
so I can see like him kind of sustaining, but like it all just depends what opens up. Because I do think it it depends on what cheap guys right now become available. Five nine Fandle four seven. You're right. Yeah, four, four seven, seven on DraftKings. Spits uh, seven hundred bucks above the floor. All right, let's move on and talk about some receivers. Rich, feel free to open them up. Well, I think both Dolphins guys are interesting if you want to run. You get to do that. This is a, a, a DraftKings, probably more of a build if you're going to do Tua, because Tua is the same price as Dak on FanDuel. Uh, if you're looking for any incentive for Dak there. But, you know, on DraftKings, you can play your little mini Dolphin stack and run your doubles because Devontae Parker is really cheap there, too. Uh, and we saw them kind of use kid gloves with him uh, for good reason, you know, before the bye, but he's had a bye week. Uh, we've seen him kind of be effective. So you can play both those guys together. Um, I mean, you can fit, if you can get the cup and Adams, we want to do that. Uh, who else do we got at the top here? Oh, Deontay Johnson. You can just keep playing Deontay Johnson. If you, if you want, if you like targets and you want to pay for targets, uh, especially the gap for him to the other two guys, because his target shares, it's not that he isn't the ceiling as Adams and cup, but he does have the floor of Adams and cup. So he's kind of interesting at his salary too. If you want to get some builds there, obviously against the Titans who are a little bit of a pass funnel, they're really good against the run. Uh, but obviously, you know, they give up a lot to opposing wide receivers. So if he ends up going overlooked, I don't think he will go overlooked because he, no one overlooks guys that just get 10 targets per week, but he'd be another mm-hmm. guy I'd be looking at. Yeah, Johnson double digit targets in what uh, five straight weeks, uh, seven of the last eight, it looks like. Uh, John, add some receivers to the conversation. Who do we miss? I was hoping Rich would give me a cheap pivot on DraftKings since we know everyone's either going to play Gabriel Davis or Rondell Moore. Uh, more don't Rondell Moore also remembers target numbers were bolstered because Chase Edmonds wasn't available. So again, you could go, you could definitely play Rondell Moore if Chase Edmonds is out. I think it's a pretty easy fade if Edmonds is in though. So cheap, I think it's really tough to know where to go. Um, other than that, like we're waiting on TG Hawkinson news, but I think Amon Ross St. Brown's actually a pretty great play too if Hawkinson's out. Again, highest scoring total indoors, negative game script. And Amon Ross St. Brown obviously has 24 targets the past two games. So I'll just gladly take that whether I play, don't play a Cardinal or even uh, play Kyler naked. I'll still gladly take ARSB as a run back, especially in this kind of slate. Also, so, uh, Brandon Cooks, okay. man. Again, you got to go back to Brandon Cooks. Davis Mills. <laughs> we didn't talk about this game. With Davis Mills. <laughs> quietly. That's a chance. He's, his last two starts, he's thrown for 300 yards. And Brandon Cooks, after um, the, the Davion Davis, their slot receiver, got hurt to open the game. They moved Brandon Cooks into the slot last game and got him a little bit of more free targets. And in the slot, he caught six of eight targets. If he moves in the slot against the Jaguars, and it's any of that sticky, you know, he'll completely avoid Shaquille Griffin, uh, who, you know, we're not going to completely downgrade anyone for Shaquille Griffin anyways, but it would just give him an easier matchup. Uh, like I said, man, uh, he's super cheap, so I know there's some volatility there. You're not going to play him in cash or anything. Uh, they also gave Nico Collins 10 targets in that game. The, the Davis Mills is winning someone a million dollars this week. It's a really, really cheap stack. Like you can get some cheap stacks this game, run it back with Robinson if you want as well, or even one of the cheap Jacksonville receivers. I don't know if you're going to pick a Jacksonville receiver to run it back with John, uh, who's no. your favorite? No. I use that term no, loosely. No. We're, not, we're not doing this again. We did, we, did this, we did this last week. We actually spent people's time arguing about Laquan Treadwell or LaVisca Chenault. Uh, we don't need to do this again. I, actually, you know, if you told me to pick one, like I'd just choose James O'Shaughnessy. Like we get six targets in the back-to-back games. He's still running around in over 70% of dropbacks. Like if he's ever going to hit, now would be the time uh, rather than trusting one of their receivers. 
I want to stick my hat in the ring for Marvin Jones this week now. Uh, because because houston is the worst nfl defense against the 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 deep ball this year they're allowing an over 50 completion 50 percent completion rate we saw that's how tyler lockett got there last week so take everyone you know i tried to stump for chanel as the matchup last week it it didn't happen but i'm gonna stick marvin jones getting that cardio at that 98 percent route rate uh, I mean, Silva, Silva won 30K with Lavisca Chanel. So don't say it didn't yeah. happen. It did happen for some people. It was the part of the thesis was what he opened up. Yeah. Congrats to Silva. I'm, I'm imagining it wasn't because of Chanel's and what, what did he play? Like a seven spot or something last week? He didn't do anything special. I'm, if I you look right. at, if you look at Silva's lineup, you would be appalled at it. But uh, it was a, it was a <laughs> great GPP bro lineup. Uh, Brock Wright, Lavisca Chanel, and he took down 30K with uh, Josh Allen doubles. You want to know why? I, he didn't have Jeff Wilson. He didn't have Antonio Gibson. Yeah. That's the little Brock uh, right too. You, mi- you mentioned that Dean, by the way, like Rich and I were texting each other. I had my uh, second biggest week of the year. Um, by the way, this show's on a like heater now over the last month. We are fucking crushing behind the scenes on the past over the past month. Hopefully we're helping out others as well. Um, but I had Lamar and Marquise Brown. Like they totaled six points on FanDuel and I still had my second biggest week because I didn't have Jeff Wilson and Antonio Gibson. Wow. That's uh yeah. You had Kittle, I bet. You had some Kittle? Oh yeah. Maybe? We had all the Kittle and Jamar Chase. Yeah. That's what uh, got now, me Reeves, all my money was the, Reeves the Bengals wiser. stack. Yeah. He went wiser and he went over the board. Yeah. yeah. The Bengals stack is what won me all my money. And, you know, we got there late, but you know, I had the Bengals stack with Penny. So. Hey, it was never in doubt. It doesn't matter if it was late or not. It was going to happen. So I mean Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor tests tests test the patience, man, for sure. And we talked so. and we talked about it last week. Just uh, you know, we just needed a little pushback. All all we need is this offense to get out of their groove and pass a little more. And we'll let's just see what happens. That's the true GPP bro theory. And uh, you know, it took until the fourth quarter, but but we got pushback finally. But I had a couple other good lineups too. They all had penny. Everything I won was penny because you know my Buck stacks and my Josh Allen stacks all had penny too. So it was really penny. Uh, it justified the, that draft pick in the first round four years ago. We waited for it. Vindica- <laughs> complete vindication. The long game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had zero penny. I just couldn't do it. I, I'm like, ah, I can't. I, and like, I should know like who his coach is, but I just, I, for whatever reason, and then the matchup was good and all that. And then I, yeah, I, I might hang, my head is hung in shame. And it, you know, the good thing DFS clean slate this week. It's all, it's all back to zero and we can start all over yeah. again, but it was rough for me. I think it was a, and it's easy for me to sit here in hindsight as the person who literally just got dragged on the penny because Silva just kept telling me to play penny. Uh, and I didn't want to play Jeff Wilson. That's all it came down to. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I don't want to play this guy. I'll play this guy. That's all it is. But I think that's honestly just a lesson learned. It's just like, if we know ownership is going to be corralled against one guy and we knew that given Wilson's salary, like what's 400 more for another guy who's 3% rostered, like who in a good matchup, like who cares? Just play that guy blindly. And, and I know it will sound hindsight-based now, but I stress this on Twitter and to everyone on my Sunday chat too. Like, did anyone watch Jeff Wilson play the previous month? Like, he clearly has, <laughs> not like, nothing. And it's not even, like, me dunking on the guy. Like, he came back. We think we talked about it on the show last week. He came back from that injury way earlier than anyone expected. He had a flare-up in game that, that pulled him from a game. And he had a flare-up in practice. Like, he's just clearly not 100%. And like people were just going out of their way to free up that salary when there were other pivots on the board. It's, it'd be one thing if he was the only guy, right, to like play at that price and he unlocked all this other stuff. But that wasn't the case last week. And um, yeah, I feel bad because, you know, Jeff Wilson seems like a really good dude. Uh, I hope his knee gets better. 
By the way, John, you know how you mentioned before you're looking for some cheapies on DK? I went on our line of HQ tool and I sorted. I sorted by points per dollar, right? That's where you're going to generally find the cheaper guys, you know, points per dollar. Mm-hmm. And the first guy to pop, the, the best points per dollar play is Devontae Parker at 4.3K. Yep. He's projected to score like 13 fantasy points. The third guy is Gabriel Davis. He's 3.7K. It makes sense. Uh, Sanders not expected to play, you know, 10, 10 points as far as his projection. You know who the second guy is? Now, this is points per dollar. It's Cooper Cup. He's too cheap. Nine K. Nine K is too. Nine K is too cheap. This this is the this is the Jonathan Taylor argument against the Texans. If you are nine ninety two hundred against the Bucks and you hit your floor with twenty touches and ninety four yards and a touchdown, why are you only two hundred more the next week against the Texans in the best possible spot? You're just too cheap. The pricing's wrong. So yeah, Cooper Cup's just too cheap. Now now and there to. To be fair, like they did that obviously before Beckham got on COVID lists. So that's what well, we're he played Monday night, so they were stuck. Yeah. So yeah, well, like, he uh, was good six days ago before I mean, yeah. we knew it was good. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't like breaking news that Cooper Cup's good at yeah. fantasy, but, I, but uh, right. yeah. yeah, without Beckham, he was Coopertron. He was just like he's the greatest thing we've ever seen this year in fantasy. So yeah, absolutely, he's too cheap. Also, by the way, uh, Devin Singletary may be interesting. I'd like to see Zach Moss get scratched. Um, but just to play like over 80% of the snaps over Matt Breida. And I understand it was because he was their pass catching back over Matt Breida. So if they run the ball more to alleviate pressure on like Josh Allen's ankle, um, then probably Matt Breida will be more involved. But like, if everyone's going to steam Michael Carter, I could maybe see myself paying down instead for Singletary. I'll follow some tea leaves to see if like, maybe we just get all Singletary again in this game. Do you have a David Johnson take this week? No, unfortunately, <laughs> not enough whiskey to talk about David Johnson this week. He's back though, and there's no Burkhead. Um, you know, Burkhead's you know, out. maybe as as the third string option, or the third down option, maybe that's better for Davis Mills. Honestly, like maybe that actually helps Davis Mills. We're gonna talk ourselves into Davis Mills stack by Sunday. I can already. You guys it. already did. It sounds like yeah, I already Please made a Millie lineup. I already made a Millie lineup with that with Davis Mills. <laughs> That's that sounds like I have so many laps on Sunday, and like I look up and it's like Zach Wilson or something, especially in weeks like this where there's only one or two places to go at the top, and you're like, ah, well, screw it. I'll just put this lineup in a million, actually play a good lineup. Don't don't dupe me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned Singletary, by the way. Didn't Buffalo had zero running back carries in the first half last game? This this feels like a spot where like they're not an established team, obviously, but this feels like a spot where they can theoretically, and you know, combine that with the fact they're monster favorites and Josh Allen, who knows what the deal is with his foot. I, the Singletary thing is you're throwing it out there and now it's kind of interesting, although it's... Le- you know. uh, leverage off Gabriel Davis as well. So like double leverage, honestly, off the cheap play. So yeah, um, you know, we'll see if we get there. We'll see what happens on Friday. That's, like I said, we're all, we we do a good job. I would like to think so anyways. That's why everyone keeps coming back. The numbers are good. Look at YouTube and the comments. Um, laying the landscape on Wednesday, but then by Friday, it's like, that's actually the plays. That's all we can't really give plays because everything's thrown off by Friday. We just lay the landscape. They come here for the movie takes, to be real, if we're being honest. That's true. To... Watch The Longest Yard. Stone Cold is in it. <laughs> <laughs> tell, us in the, tell us in the comment section, YouTube people. Hit that like button. Tell us in the comment section. Um, give us your, your favorite, like, um, like awesome, like your, your favorite bad movie you like to watch. Uh, mine would be like Saving Silverman, maybe. How about that? That's, that's a good bar to throw out there to the people. That's pretty good, no, though. Terrible. I think that's actually like a funny movie. Your favorite good bad movie? I don't know. Do you have one of those, Rich, off the dome? Uh, not on the top of my head. I can't. I can't get there. Uh, where I, I like plenty of bad in. movies. I like plenty of bad movies, though. Sure. Yeah. Um, like uh, like Con Air. I think is like, like that's like that's got to be like oh, yeah. chalk, right? That's good. Well, any Nicholas Cage is a whole catalog. 
I mean, face <laughs> off, face off is like a, you go into the hood of that. Uh, amazingly good time though. Face I mean, that's John Woo. That's John Woo life. Uh, I think John Woo is coming back and directing a movie uh, upcoming. All right, well, I'll check it out. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's been gone for a while. Yeah, he hasn't made a movie in a long time. At least not in the uh, States. We have tight ends to discuss. This is an exciting conversation as far as tight ends. Uh, John, what do you have for you as far as Goddard playing against Washington? Gusecki, maybe Gusecki's the thing this week against the Jets. Mm. Dalton Schultz versus the Giants. Who excites you? Uh, no one. Um, <laughs> we pretty much we pretty much already talked about, honestly, uh, the players I'm going to play. Again, the other one that will come in, is Dallas Goddard. He had six targets on Minshew's 25 throws. And we knew like the rates behind the scenes without Zach Ertz between target share, between a route on 90 plus percent of dropbacks. Like we knew those were good anyhow. Uh, it's just that Jalen Hurts, the inaccuracies plus not throwing much in a run heavy game script is what really um, had, had just made him a floor player essentially. But the rates will be the same here and perhaps we get Minshew again. So yeah, Goddard, I believe will probably be highly rostered. Uh, for some cheapies outside of James O'Shaughnessy, I'm actually hoping Rich can help me out because, like, other than that, like, maybe Ricky Seals-Jones, since just like Logan Thomas and playing a full allotment of snaps before injury, after his first game off into reserve, last week was the first game for Ricky Seals-Jones off into reserve, and he played fewer than John Bates. Uh, having said that, though, but Bates is also, like, a top three run blocker and PFF's grading system. So maybe like they play him that way on purpose. So I don't know. Help me out, Rich. Yeah, I think that one is more people chasing what happened early in the season or one guy played. I think that they've basically shown that Bates is going to like be involved at this point. Yeah. And the other like in Ricky Silver's isn't healthy. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Titus don't think he's that healthy. Uh I don't know how cheap we're gonna get. I think Zach Ertz is going to be the guy that because you look at his target share with and without Hopkins, he's the guy that has the significant splits. The other guys, you got to kind of squint to see it. Like Kirk ran a little more routes, like AJ, but like those guys have cannibalized each other all year. Um, but you look at Zach Ertz and the three games that DeAndre Hopkins didn't play, he had target shares of 19.2%, 20.7%, 20.5%, as opposed to 12.5%, 13.3%, 14.6% the last three times Hopkins played. Uh, obviously, of the match against the Lions. Um, I think he's going to get popular, at least on FanDuel, where he's kind of mispriced. He'll be popular, but he's he's the guy, I think, that you just kind of plug in your cash lineup um, and just kind of take what you get there uh, at that salary, and you pay up for those other receivers. 5-3 on FanDuel, 5-4 on DK. Um, yeah, I wish I had somebody else to throw into the conversation. It's just tight end, and tight end's rough, and I know I try to make I don't Kaseki hate Kaseki. I wish he was cheaper. Um Sometimes you have these players that like are good in the beginning of the year, like Kaseki was and their price goes up and then they just like never come back down. Like Hawkinson was like that for a while. Right. And like, like it just never kind of normalized to where like how he was playing for like literally the past five or six weeks. And that's like kind of what we have with Kaseki. So I think the matchup's good. We're on Tua, uh, And if he's going to be like the lowest stone of the guys, like you'd want to get there, but he should probably be in the fives on FanDuel and like, like, mid to high fours on DraftKings based on how he's played and he's just not there yeah 6-2 on Fandle 5k uh on DK uh yeah I mean I'm probably gonna play a little bit on DK but yeah and do we have like a 2.5k tight end as of right now or not really on DK I don't think we have one of those do we uh, not, not, not right now anyways no the, the, the John Bates the annual the John Bates play uh, he's Bre- not Brevin Jordan anymore. what's Brevin Jordan this week Oh, I boy. think he's like 20, what team does he play for? Yeah, he's 20, <laughs> he's 2800. 
He's 28. All right. I could see people trying to get there. See, this is where that game was hot, man. We're going to talk about that game. The the game with the lowest stack, stack the game with the lowest point total. Uh, (laughs) um, I mean, he'd be like maybe a cheap punt. He's not running enough routes, but uh, he'd he'd be, he's cheap. I don't know what to tell you. Um, That's the show. We're we're ending on Brevin Jordan. That's it, John. We got anything else or Brevin Jordan's that we're going to end on? Nah, I'm just going to play Andrews. That's fine. It don't Brevin Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrews is kind of pricey, but yeah, he's a good play for sure. He's good. Uh, John, John, let the people know. I'm sure they're aware. Again, week 15, good Lord. If this is your first time here, well, welcome. But where have you been all this season long? If they're not aware, John, tell them where they can find all your fabulous work. If you're not aware, thank you for joining the show in week 15 of all places. At uh, Daigle on Twitter. And remember, we will be back next week on the what is it two days before christmas eve i think it's two days before christmas eve to lay the landscape i don't even know if practice reports i don't even know if they're practicing on christmas eve since this is a this is the first time in a while we've had christmas on saturday so i don't know how it's going to work but uh stay tuned for that mess yeah it's going to be fun it's going to be good times for sure and rich tell the people where they can find your stuff yeah sharp analysis.com uh you know every wednesday night at nine uh, with my boys daigle and dean that is the great Rich Rebar, the great John Daigle. That was the NFL Pick Six show. The Rotor Grind.